You're listening to a Brain Stew Fresh Fright Review. What's up, creeps? And welcome to a brand new Brain Stew Fresh Fright Review. I'm Justin. Jeremy. Oh. Listen to me coming in all hard and shit, you being all soft and shit. Are you trying to say that I'm the David Lee Roth and you're the Sammy Hagar of this shit? Is that what you're trying to say? Listen, bro. I don't even know who the fuck they are, okay? Because, uh... Oh, my I listen to good God. music, Justin. I listen to Limp Bizkit. Just... And I listen to Primer 55. I love Limp Bizkit. And I listen to Il Nino, okay? Did you just say Primer 55? <laughs> What's up, dude? Well, I'm I here. I'm here. Phil <laughs> is in the house. I saw... I saw Primer 55, dude. I had a band that fucking covered Primer 55 when I was well, in I high school. Loose. I even made my hair... Oh, yeah, dude. When I get loose... I still jam that album dude, every now and again. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a that sucker for good I'm shit, a sucker man. for degrade shit new metal. Dude, man. same. I'm, same. I'm here for it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm surprised. Well, you've already I'm heard his voice. You, you knew who Primer Fifty Five was. That's amazing. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I perked right up when you said that. <laughs> dude. So, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this is a fresh fries review of the brand new A24 film Bodies, Bodies. Bodies, Jeremy. If you hadn't already done the drowning pool at the bodies at the floor shtick like a few weeks ago, this probably would have fit perfectly into the episode. One. I, I feel nothing like wrong with me. Already did Two. Nothing wrong Two. with me. Yeah. Three. Something's gotta give. Three. Something's gotta give. Ah! I just like the part where he's just like ah! Ah! <laughs> like he's taking the most massive shit of all time. But ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna be talking about the new A twenty four film Bodies, 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 and we are joined. By a very special guest this evening, our buddy Phil from the Spook House podcast. Phil, what the fuck is up, buddy? Oh, I'm glad to be here, man. I am a legit big fan of the show, so thanks for having me on. Oh, dude, thanks and for by the way, I saw Drowning Pool at OzFest 2001, and they tore it up. Hell yeah, dude. I was with the original singer before he died. So, Dude, he, di- he died yeah, well, I here the where was- I live. No bullshit. Oh, yeah, God, I didn't even know that. Wasn't it? Was it in the tour bus or yeah, something? Yeah, he. Like but that, he or? died yeah. like here where I live, like in my hometown. It was like drowning pool guy dies in van like here in Virginia. I'm like, that sucks. That sucks for that guy. Damn. We dedicate this episode to him. How about that? <laughs> very much. Very much. I mean, 100 percent for sure. I mean, at the time, I was playing in a band called Psychotic Elements. Um, we were a pretty big local band, and. That was a warm-up song we used, but we were using it to make fun of them. But at the same time, we all knew it was a good song. That's why it was on the fucking radio and shit. Never got to see them. But I did see Primer 55 at OzFest. <laughs> That's what's I think up. it was 99 or 2000, 2000 around there. 2000. Yeah, there was. And they, and they were like opening. It was like they were like right before Soulfly or something. Oh, it was fucking Dude, sick. I have not heard the name Soulfly. This whole episode, fuck it. We're so we're scrapping bodies, ass, bodies, bodies. This is a new metal episode. Let's go. This I haven't heard. Metal. We're talking about metal and shit. <laughs> I haven't heard the name Soulfly since yesterday when I listened to him. Oh. How about that, <laughs> dude? I'm dude, gonna I be jamming like... them tomorrow now. I haven't thought about Soulfly dude, in so also, long. 
B Raddy isn't on the show tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Brady's gone, but I've already found his replacement, and it's yep. Phil. Sorry, Brady. So, oh Brady, no! Brady, never come back again. You're gone. Hey man, <laughs> Brady has a Dude. much cooler name than me. Shout out the Halloween Four. <laughs> Dude, we talked about that. Which we he talked knows. about that in the prey review, didn't we? In our predator, yeah. or well, yeah, prey. Brady was predator, ready to make a commitment. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Brady. <laughs> my, my parents will be home. So. <laughs> I still want you to suck my dick. I want your dad to watch me. But ladies and gentlemen, yes, we are talking about a movie, Bodies, 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 which myself and Jeremy, thankful to Allied Global Marketing and A24 for inviting us to see the movie early. It was a very slightly swanky little cocktail opening. Nice. Little, it, it was very nice. Free beer and stuff. And you don't even drink beer, but you did eat a pretzel and a hot dog. I saw you eating. It was a hot it was dog. a chili dog, and, and I was like, "Cool, this is like a really swanky place in Washington D.C." And like, they really took their time making my hot dog too. And I was like, "Cool, man, it's gonna be like some really good chili and shit." It was straight up like canned chili. Like you could just oh, here it comes. Fucking here it yeah, comes. you could just it was like, oh uh, shit. Mm. Well, dude, it's, it was an Angelica pop-up, which is brand new to that location near Union Market. I love Angelica Film Same. Center in Mosaic and Fairfax. I usually go there. Well, when I used to live out there, I'd go there all the time. I don't go there at the time now. But thank you for inviting us. And also, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this and you like this movie, regardless of our review, we have a full-size theatrical poster of for Bodies, Bodies, Bodies to give away. Is that the so one you, that you be stole? be sure to follow our social media and stuff. I didn't steal it. They told me I could take it. I looked at it and said, I'm taking that. And they said, go ahead. They were scared of you. They were like, yeah, 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 you can take it. You can take it. Bro. They're scared of any motherfucker with green hair that had more than five drinks looking at him in the face being like, can I have that poster? They were like, uh, yeah, if, if, if you leave, you can know. have it. He was like, deal. <laughs> deal. Just go. But no, before we go any further, of course, we have to throw it to our guest, Phil, from the Spook House podcast. Dude, just the floor is yours, man. Tell our listeners, those that are uninitiated, what your show is all about and what you do, man. What you love. Oh, man. So... Our show is uh, me and my buddy Doug from Long Island. Um, we just talk about different movies and talk a lot of shit and have a lot of laughs. Um, the The show's kind of gone through different phases over the years. I started it in June 2019. And um, yeah, I now have a, a new co-host and we're like, you know, almost up to episode 85 or something and... Yeah, wow, we just awesome. um yeah, just talk a lot of shit and talk a lot about new metal along <laughs> the way. <laughs> Somehow that's kind of our thing. But um That's awesome. But yeah, we uh try to break down the movies and have fun with it, but also be informative in a way and hopefully tell you something that you didn't know about the movie before you started listening. So That's awesome, man. That- Wonderful. That's, a, well, that's dude, what we do, man. That sounds fucking rad. That's what as hell. we do. That, that's what it's all yeah. about. You know, having fun talking about these movies, man. You know, shitting on them if, if they need a little shit on them, and if they, yeah, we don't hesitate to to shit on them. And sometimes we disagree. <laughs> yeah. Like sometimes I do the shitting. Sometimes Doug does the shitting. Sometimes Doug does uh, the eating. You do the shitting, and vice versa. <laughs> that's how it goes, <laughs> man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we we keep well, it real yeah. and we just uh give give our honest opinions That's on whatever we're talking about. We have a lot of fun doing it. So Well, ladies and gentlemen, those of you listening right now, make sure to check the show notes on the episode if you want to check out the Spook House podcast. I'll throw a link in the show notes there if you want to go over there and 
download some of their episodes. But again, thank you so much, Phil, for just joining us, hanging out and talking about bodies, bodies, bodies. Now, like us, you were able to see an advanced early screening of the movie. Am I right? Yeah, I did. I went to my local Alamo at uh, here, here in Raleigh, Raleigh, North Carolina, and um, yeah, caught a little early screening of it. They had glow sticks at every seat that you could put on, like one per person, and they had a special drink menu. So I wore my glow stick while watching it <laughs> around my neck. We did yep. too. We got them too. Oh, but nice. God, I love my Dude, Alamo. Can, r- real God, quick, I love my, Justin, my home so base. like Justin said earlier, is they provided us free drinks. It was open bar, like literally for like oh, an shit. hour, maybe an hour yeah, and some change. That. Yeah. And so, dude, there was one guy who was so goddamn shit faced that he probably pissed during the movie like six times. But like he was so drunk that he more than yeah, I did, more, which more is than a fucking amazing. Because dude, when me and Justin go and see movies, he broke my fucking yeah. When record. me and Justin go see movies, <laughs> ju- like dude, when we saw Nope, just no, was it Nope? There was one that you peed three times during. No, Nope, I only peed twice, okay, dude. Okay. Anyways, this guy was so drunk he peed like six times during the movie. But he was so drunk, he walked like Frankenstein. So Justin, every single, oh, shit. every single time that uh, that he was, he would go to pee. Justin would fucking nudge me and be like, "Look," and he would be literally like staggering the wall to go to exit Jesus. the theater room to go to the bathroom. It was uh, it was like, "Yo, that." What time was what time was this showing? Um, so the the cocktail hour was from six to seven, and they started the movie at like seven fifteen. So this guy. Must have, like, legitimately had power hour where he was just like, yo, open bar means open bar. It's open season on this open bar. <laughs> so, well, I, I do respect his style because I'll tell you, anytime I go to a wedding oh, and they're like, dude. open bar, I'm like, <laughs> y'all gonna regret o- that. Open, open, open bar. Okay. All right. I'll, <laughs> yeah, I'll partake a bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so that guy was shit faced, but, uh, I mean, Dude, Allied was was great, and the uh, the Angelica pop up was fucking awesome, man. It just looked really cool. They had really vintage those, those vintage posters, man. They were oh, sick man. as fuck. As soon as I saw a vintage, now okay, I have to preface this with I love the fact that they used this poster on the wall. It looked vintage, which means they defaced it. But the fact that they put it on the wall, it was the teaser poster for. The Last Action Hero starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, which was a bomb when it came out in the summer of 93 because it came out only two weeks after Jurassic Park. But it's a huge fan favorite. Um, I love that movie. As soon as I saw that, I was like, I'm in the right place. I know what I'm in for. I'm digging this. And it's like almost what that building was, was like a really old warehouse that they just kind of turned into like a swanky hipster-ish theater. And I'm glad they did, man. Like utilizing spaces like that that have been kind of like sitting there forever not being used is a, a great way to to reintroduce those spaces to new audiences that may be just walking by like hey that's a shitty ass building now it's a cool swanky theater and i could spend money there but ladies and gentlemen we're talking about this movie and this is a non-ip this is a non-franchise this is a brand new movie from a24 and this is something that they're throwing out there as a brand new horror comedy and I love A24. A24 has given me some of my favorite horror movies of the last few years. Uh, most recently, Same. X with yes. Ty West. And yep. um, 
literally still my favorite horror film of the year as we stand right this moment. Same I don't here. know if that's going to change or not. We'll see. Um, but, I mean, A24 has been really consistent in delivering really solid, different types of horror genre films to audiences. Um, this film, which was directed by a woman, uh, the story was written by a woman, the screenplay was by a woman, um, is geared towards a certain type of audience that I feel like would probably be more akin to my daughter, my 18-year-old daughter, and we'll get into that here. Um, definitely something that's for a younger type of audience which is something they really haven't done yet i mean this felt like when you walked into this thing i don't know what you guys feel about this but when i walked into this thing and i had seen the trailer once and i remember jeremy saying something about this um it, it looked more blumhouse than a24 to me so this seems like they're yeah. trying to cross over into different territory what are your guys thoughts on that yeah i totally get the blumhouse vibes that you're talking about um I took it as like uh, a scream for this generation. Yeah. You know, or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, Jeremy. What do you think, man? Yeah, I mean, I, I totally felt the the Blumhouse thing. Blumhouse is known for grabbing, you know, young, beautiful people and putting them like Fantasy Island and shit like that. Like putting them, mm -hmm. you know, casting the movie with these beautiful people that are put in these situations and, and how they react to them. Uh, you know, A24, you know, has... has just really, a lot of the the really great films with A twenty four have been like tragedy based, whether that be Hereditary or uh, Midsummer, uh, etc. Um, what what are you shaking your head for? Oh, no, okay. I'm just, I'm I thought you were saying I was wrong. I was like, yo, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm thinking about it in my head because I mean, yeah. So I mean, like, seriously, yeah. I mean. Some of the most exciting movies that I've watched over the past five years of my life have all been yeah, A24 I mean, movies. I mean, we just yeah. saw Men earlier in the year, you know. What did you guys um, think of that? I haven't seen it oh, yet. Oh, dude, it's... it's well, we, it's, we, we did a review I, of that movie. Um, it's, I mean, it's... After it's you the watch strangest it, fucking thing definitely I've ever give seen. it a listen, but um, for sure shocked the fucking hell out of me. I mean, definitely brought something to the table. And that's the thing about A24 that's going to be part of this conversation during this review is that they are always the ones given their a game. You know what I mean? They're stepping it up. They're really trying to produce something that is above the normal level yeah. that we consider horror. And now I am not going to ever agree to that stupid fucking term. Elevated that Some asshole horror. on Twitter came up with. It's not real dude. Horror has always been Elevated. about yeah. politics have social commentary relating to our everyday lives. It's always done it. There's nothing about horror that's any more elevated than it was before. Yeah. There's people out there that really just want to create this genre in their head and say, listen, I listen to only elevated horror. And mm -hmm. dude, for sure, like if anything, I am the film snob on this show, but the reality of it is it's no different than what we had watched the past 30 years. They're just trying to compare it to the schlock. I mean, which we all love. Like, dude, yeah, yeah of course, if you compare Chopping Mall or fucking Rocktober Blood or Haunted Ween to Hereditary, it's going to be a totally different vibe. But you know what? It, that, doesn't, that doesn't mean that yeah. they're any... It's still horror. That one is any better <clears throat> than the other in terms of, yeah. like what it's trying to convey it's still art and it's still art from a filmmaker's perspective and who knows 
maybe when they were making Chopping Mall, they were trying to make the truest piece of art they possibly could, but I highly doubt it. It's a different thing. So fuck that term, elevated horror. I'll always say that on the show. You know what, guys? Tell me. L- let me know. If you want us to do a shirt that says fuck elevated horror on it with our logo, I will make that and we will sell that shit. But, or elevated um, horror doesn't exist. Or elevated horror in quotes. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> I'll wear one that says elevated horror sucks my there balls. You there you go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, dude, <laughs> but no, but for like, sure. A24, again, is like, it, it has not been your typical horror films, right? I think one of the most, like, straight up horror movie approaches that they've done in, in recent years is X. Like, that's a straight up, like, homage to, like, yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre and a few other things. But, like, there are other films. I mean, like, dude, you look at a movie like Lamb. And that is, it's a tragic movie, and it's it's a drama, but it's got horrific horror elements in it, you know? And what I like about, like, films like that is that the real horror is, is human. Like, we're, like, we are the monsters, much like, you know, George Romero films. John, or John or Carpenter. Just think about yeah. it logically. I, I, I always use this, this quote that John said, and he's done it in plenty of interviews. There's two different kinds of horror. The horror that's out there, beyond your view, beyond the reefs that you can't see, the unknown. And then there's that horror that's inside of us. That's an everyday thing. Those are the two different kinds of horror that we experience every single day. That personable human horror and then that unknown that's far beyond our reach. And I feel like A24 has done a great job at, you know, being able to capitalize on mixing the two things, making them smart and making them stylistic and making them look almost art house like, like Stanley Kubrick was still alive and he was directing every single fucking one of them. I mean, there's a different viewpoint when it comes to a 24 horror movies, which that leads me to bodies, 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 which is their attempt at being, dare I say, for a younger generation in this world of a trendy place in horror. So I'm going to do this because Brady. No, I got it. To read I got synopsis. it. Let me fuck. Oh, let you, me got in, it? Coach? you got it. Oh my let God. Look at you. In, look at you crushing it. Oh fuck, dude. All right. Bodies. Put your helmet on. Bodies, motherfucker. You're bodies. in. When a group of rich 20 somethings plan a hurricane party at a remote family mansion, a party game turns deadly in this fresh and funny look at backstabbing, fake friends, fake friends, and one party gone very, very wrong. In synopsis, that premise, <laughs> that premise to me sounds like a fantastic remake of April Fool's Day. Tell me I'm wrong, guys. We seriously, like literally, when the movie started, yeah. Justin, you looked at me and you said, "Bro, April Fool's Day," and. <laughs> You know, I we, we did a whole episode on April Fool's Day, and anybody that listened to that knows that I, I don't particularly care for that movie, but I would uh, have taken that approach over the approach that we were given with this. Uh, and I was almost like, okay, I want to see where this goes, because it, to me, the film that was given to us on a silver platter... That is bodies, bodies, bodies was a misrepresentation from the trailer that A24 gave us. So I take it that you guys weren't big fans of this movie. 
That's what I'm taking so far. Ah. Well, you know, yeah. I, I know that's a broad question. You know, I, I'm going to do this thing that we like to do to some of our guests to initiate them. It's almost like when you're in college, if you ever went there and, you know, you got hazing and such. But Bring it so we're going to do this to you. All we're right, going to throw it at you first. Your initial thoughts okay. after seeing this movie. Okay. It was fun to look at. I mean, good cinematography. The dialogue, yeah, it was sharp. There were some comedic moments that made me chuckle. Um, zero tension at all. They got a lot of balls calling this a slasher movie. When it ended, I was like, huh, okay. I forgot about the movie before I got to my car in the parking lot. And I drove home thinking, how the fuck am I going to talk about this yeah. movie Dude, on it's, this podcast? It's, like, it's what is there? So funny you said what that. What is there to talk about? It's, it's <laughs> like, it's, there are good moments to it. There are, there's good dialogue and witty moments. It looks good. I do like the score by Disaster Piece, who also worked on It Follows. Which, dude, one of my fuck favorite. Yeah, I'm so glad you noticed that because how, one of how my, long has it been since Disaster Piece has done a score? I, I mean, think he's only it done like scores. one other movie since It Follows, but It Follows is one of my favorite horror movies of the last 10 years. All-timer. All-timer. Yeah, for dude. sure. Um, so I was like, okay, well, those parts were cool, but after it was over, I was just like... Okay, that was a movie. I have no de- no desire to rewatch it again. It just, I don't know, didn't do a whole lot for me. I mean, it was technically good in some ways, but it was just kind of shallow and forgettable. So I guess. before we jumped on this, Justin was like, I don't know how I'm going to talk about this movie even for half an hour. Yeah. He goes, I just, been, I don't uh... know how I'm going to talk about this movie for half an hour. So that's funny yeah. that you said that. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing. And you saw it even more recently than I did, Phil. And we saw it, what, it feels like two weeks ago. It probably wasn't, but it feels like an eternity ago when I yeah. watched the movie. And yeah. it was weird because this is something that I do when I when I do my events at Alamo Draft House is I always stand outside the theater as audience members leave to hear their reactions. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all these iconic stories from the 70s and 80s of, you know, ushers and theater managers standing outside of theaters and hearing them mention, like, what they thought of The Exorcist and Jaws or the Amityville Horror or you name it, like Friday the 13th, right. Halloween. There's always someone around that was like, dude, oh, my God, the reactions were, you know, fill in the blank. So I always due diligence, try to stand out there and get a reaction from people and just understand their viewpoint on the movie and... Jeremy, I don't know if you remember this or not, but we stood there and I heard one dude say, it was all right. And then almost every single other person loved it. It was great. It was fun. One One person came out and they looked remotely young and they were like, yeah, my cousin or something who looked like they were 16 loved it. And again, I think that this movie is most definitely geared towards a much younger audience that pretty little liars or whatever. I mean, I'm definitely out of touch with that stuff, but whatever the young people are watching right now on television, whether it be Netflix or Hulu or HBO max, um, you know, this is something that's geared more towards them. 
And I don't hate that. I think this is actually a great idea. I think there's mm-hmm. a, something that needs to be said for filling in that niche for, you know, not just the hardcore horror dudes like ourselves that like are like, well, this needs to be like this, 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 and that, fill in these spots or it's not going to work for me. But again, this movie did not work for me. And I feel like from uh, an outside perspective, there is a lot to like about this movie. Most definitely. I mean, I laughed my fucking ass off at this movie funny on plenty of occasions. There yeah. was, you know, you said it a few minutes ago, Phil, the dialogue is extremely witty. It's extremely well written. I mean, in terms of base, a, a, a satire. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm going to go with this. I feel like maybe they didn't have it in mind 100%, but they kind of approached this as, well, you know, let's do half a satire on a horror movie and then we'll just see what happens because the movie is most definitely all over the place in terms of tone. It doesn't have a singular vision as to where it wants to go. It's most definitely not gory or bloody and it's fucking not a slasher. This is not a slasher. I've seen two people call it a slasher that have seen it and that they're people that I respect and I have to bite my tongue and hold back on Where's telling them. Where's the slashing? Them, Where? There, there, I mean, <laughs> well, there's a slash, but there's there's a slash, but it's some motherfucker making a mistake, acting a fool, trying to do a TikTok video, which is yeah. probably the funniest thing in the fucking movie. And that motherfucker who just got done banging Kim Kardashian for nine months just broke up with her. But dude, seriously though, I mean, he banged the one chick that I'd say. 70% of our country in terms of the male straight audience would love to see naked. I mean, they're I like, guess you can see her naked, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, you the, can, the, but like <laughs> they're considering him yeah. a, they're, in front of them and for real. What I'm saying sure, is, but if you sure. look at Pete Davidson, which I mean, I'm just going to jump into it right now. He is by far, I feel like the standout in this movie. Oh, I mean, fantastic. whether you like his, his stuff on SNL or whatever. I laughed at all the dumb shit he said because he's playing, I feel like, the douchebag that every single person thinks he is in real life. Which I don't. Like, of he's course, fucking every hilarious. character. But no, what I'm saying is, is like, dude, again, when you look at him, look at him. You're like, that's the dude banging Kim Kardashian after Kanye West. It's just hilarious. He's this scrawny pale white dude who's kind of fugly looking and shit and he did no style at all or anything he's just got a bunch of shitty tattoos dude, my, my favorite and meme with, with him is pete davidson looks like what beetlejuice would have looked like when he was alive and that shit makes <laughs> me that. laugh so fucking hard <laughs> yeah i'll admit i wasn't the biggest pete davidson fan going into this watching his stuff on snl i didn't really care for his too cool to not try delivery, you know, I I don't know. But in this movie, he was pretty good. He was one of the high points. I was kind of surprised. I was like, okay, he's actually pretty good in this. So whatever. The one, the the one line, which I'm, I'm going to use this again. I'm married and I'm never actually going to try to pick anybody up at the bar, honey, if you're listening to this while you edit this, but it is that one line that I'm going to say, when I'm out at the bar, just to fuck with people and be like, I look like I fuck. Those are the best lines ever. I look like serious? I fuck. Like, that's the that vibe that I'm hashtag. trying to put out. That I fuck. I love it. 
How is that not the best thing ever? I mean, again, he is supposed to be the biggest airheaded douchebag in the movie. And every character in this movie is a rich, I would say slightly narcissistic piece of shit. Sure. Minus the character B, who is the fish out of water in this situation and wonderfully performed. And I'm going to butcher her name by Maria Baklava. Did I say it right, Jeremy? Did I say it right? Yeah. Who was absolutely brilliant in the the Borat sequel. I thought she was was wonderful in that. that movie. And I think she's really decent here. The problem is she's supposed to be our main protagonist in the film, yet you don't really do all that much up front to get us invested in her. We see that she's already in what we would what my daughter would call a semi-toxic relationship. So they're invited to this party. They show up to this party. Already these people are alienating her girlfriend. And then they're alienating her because she's there with her girlfriend. And she doesn't seem to know much about her girlfriend's past. And then that past, over the course of the film, opens up more and more. All these doors start opening up and you keep hearing more and more about what's happened in the past. But I feel like the hard part about this movie, guys, is the relatability of it. When you used to watch like a Friday the 13th movie in the 80s, or, I mean... You name any genre, right? The Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, for example. They were all real, regular kids. Now, granted, when you looked at their houses, now as an adult, you're like, that ain't no cheap house. That house is at least a million. But they they presented them as relatively normal kids. Where, like, any Joe Schmo kid could go to the theater, regardless of if they're lower middle class, upper middle class, rich, maybe if they're poor. And they're still going to enjoy the movie. This movie is about a character that we don't really know much about. And she's hanging out with a bunch of basically like multimillionaire kids. I just find that extremely difficult in terms of relatability. And then you're not going to like do your job in killing them off you brutally know, when, when, enough where I'm enjoying When I watched it. the trailer for this, I, I my interpretation of it wasn't that they were going to be these rich kids, I thought they were influencers, that they all were separate, famous influencers that rented a house out and were going to create content for the weekend. Obviously, I filled the blank in in my fucking mind of what I thought this movie was going to be, but I thought that they were going to be content creators that were like, we're going to rent this mansion and all create content for our platforms, and then all of a sudden, you know, they start getting picked off one by one. That's what I thought this fucking movie was going to be, and that ended up being disappointing and being like oh no it's just trust fund kids and i say kids but jesus christ Pete davidson's in his fucking 30s so like they're not kids hey man i won't even lie to you though most of them i mean the old me the old me alamo justin if you will when they were sniffing those lines of coke i was like bro i wouldn't mind being there right about now (laughs) just gonna say it i'm like shit they got top shelf liquor they got a pool out back everyone's pretty decent looking and shit i'm like this is kind of this is the kind of party i'd like to be at who gives a fuck and then they bring up this game bodies 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 which to me again i feel like they most definitely had to have watched april fool's day as as a reference point to make this movie the references and the homages are quite obvious to me. Maybe they're not. 
but I, I, that's that's where I stand on this movie. They want it to create like a clue-like movie with a bunch of young up-and-coming actors because, let's face it, this movie has no real name other than Pete Davidson, and he's in the movie for all of what, like twenty minutes yeah. of the movie? Yeah, a spoiler. He was the first to go. Yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah, he was he was the first one to go. His yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, yeah, if you if you haven't seen the movie, see we always uh, usually do that. Back out now. That's what uh, get, if, get if out. you haven't seen <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen get the movie, out. you're you're lucky. Get out. So yeah, he's the first one to go. He he pops <laughs> up, you know, up against a sliding glass door with his throat slit, and they're like, "Yo, somebody murdered." And we don't him. know why. We don't know what happened, man. So everyone is under the impression that holy fuck, one of the rest of us killed him. Because yeah. of something that he did to us. Now, that's a great setup. And it's it's written very well in terms of, like, the angst and the aggression that all of these people have together in this group. Because I know this for a fact. I mean, when we were younger, like, we had that in groups, but we didn't really talk about it that much. Kids today, learning from my daughter, they talk about it a lot, you know? Whether it be on social media or on, you know, you know, group chats or whatever, they talk about this shit all the time. So the movie is extremely smart in presenting like the modern day youth and how they interact with each other when it comes to any kind of confrontation, which they don't want to do face to face. They try to keep it on their phones. Yeah. So when it comes to face to face situations, it's extremely difficult for them to express themselves outside of just being pure dicks to each other and saying snarky comments. Obviously, we have characters here who have, you know, slept together. There have been relationships, which made it even more interesting. The character of Sophie comes in here. She's apparently gone to rehab. She's bringing her new girlfriend, B in the situation. There are some people in this house that have already had relationships with her, so there's automatically that tension. From an outside perspective, again, the film should work based on that premise alone. But unfortunately, I feel like the filmmakers here really strive to try to go more towards the comedy aspect of it and making it a lot lighter-hearted than actually adding legitimate tension, fear, suspense, and terror that's my main issue with this movie, and I know, Jeremy, you and I talked about this after the movie came out and we watched it. I'm not scared one single moment in this fucking movie. So, no, not at all. There was zero suspense. Uh, I mean, I, I can't recall a single moment of tension or like, oh, shit, like, oh, no, what's going to happen? Maybe like when they confronted um, uh, the, the Greg. Yeah. Yeah, like that, that was seems, that, that seems was fucking hilarious. Yeah, that I think that dude. was probably one of my favorite scenes of the movie, just with him wearing his uh, mask. Well, dude, I love he that has seasonal yeah. affective disorder. Like them waking so, him up. Greg, like, played by was, Lee Pace, I yeah. love that scene so much, just because you know from the beginning, if you watch this movie with any kind of intellect or any kind of intelligence, you already know that's not the dude. You know that's not the dude because he's a red herring. Yeah. Those of us that have been watching these movies all our lives are like, no, that's not the guy. Any 16-year-old kid in the audience is probably going to be like, oh, that might be the guy. As soon as they walk in the door, 
Like, that's the first most brutal kill of the movie, and it's like this innocent dude. So it's honestly the one of the only of the movie, kills on screen in the entire movie. I think it and is they kill the a dude. only... Yeah, actually, you're right. Well, 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 they, well they shoot the, the... The girl gets shot in the head. I guess you kind of see that. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. Well, they kill but... this dude, right, who is, like, definitely yeah. the most attractive dude in the movie. And I love how the whole build-up to that was... Oh, he's a vet. Yeah. And he's all ripped and shit. And you're like thinking, oh, man, this guy's like a weapons expert, whatever. Like, and then like no, he was a fucking veterinarian. Yeah. What the I fuck? Mean, dude, there are, <laughs> there are like moments of actual, you know, hilarity in this. But, um, at the, like when you all add it up in the end, it just just didn't equal a whole lot like it, it just i i don't know like yeah the the parts with um the glow stick girl like oh he's a leo you know <laughs> like i like that that part was really funny but um i don't know it, that that kind of stuff just isn't enough to keep me interested like i, I found like by the I'd say, like, in the last 10 minutes, my attention was waning when it came down yeah. to, like, the last three, and they were fighting over the phone, like, show me your pictures. I'm just like, I kind of don't give a shit anymore. Same. Like, just let's wrap this up. Same. <laughs> like, yeah, it, I mean, this movie has a lean runtime. It's a very short movie, and I found... It is. Yeah. I found myself, like, when the fuck... 95 Yeah, minutes, when the man. fuck hmm. is this gonna end, man? When is this gonna end? I'm so over this. I don't enjoy this. There's one thing you had said, Jeremy, to me, that you, you thought this is not a horror movie, and I wanted you really to elaborate on that. It's, it is, it's not a horror film. It, it may be A24. It, it may be... I'll, I'll co-sign on that yeah, statement. It though. may be advertised like it's some slasher or some, like, like crazy situational-based horror film. This is like who done it. This man? this is this is not that. This is a black comedy uh, that has dramatic elements in it. That's a depiction of today's youth and the woke movement, and you know it, it. It's a platform to kind of poke fun at a lot of these tropes from this new generation of of people that live on their phones and. They live vicariously through other people through the internet. It is not a horror film. Uh, there's not one moment in the film that I could even, you know, like I said, I, again, I'm going to go back to Lamb. And in Lamb, you know, like you, you could really say it's it's not necessarily a horror film, but it's it's tragic and there are horrific things that you could say, are oh, okay, like there is horror-inspired elements in this film. This movie is not that. Just because... Somebody is dead or somebody is being killed does not make it a horror mm-hmm. film. You know what I mean? That's I mean, dude. That's like yeah, say, sure. that's like saying Weekend at Bernie's is a horror film, and this is a quote. Just because yeah, there's a or, dead guy that they carry around the whole movie doesn't make that a horror film. The same yeah, way mean, that that just because Pulp people Fiction die yep. had more Pulp Fiction had more tension than this movie. Yeah, you know, one and one hundred percent. You know what I mean? <laughs> this. I mean, yeah. There's dead people in that movie, but it doesn't. No, I, I would consider this like a comedy thriller or, as our friend L, LL Cool J says, a thriller. Thriller. So, <laughs> I'm going to write a thriller. It, it, so. Yeah, dude. It, it just, 
I couldn't wait for this thing to be over. I think, honestly, this may be the movie that has pissed me off the most this year, that I just feel like I wasted moments of my life watching this thing that I should have never seen. So if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, you know, of course film is subjective. Watch it for yourself if you'd like. But I love how I love how you're using my line. That's okay. Yeah, but that. it's true. But film is subjective. If if it's something that that you want to watch, watch it. But if you haven't, you'll be all right. <laughs> you'll be all right. You don't you don't need this. You don't need it. You will be all right. I mean, again, this is a movie I feel like that is geared towards a totally different audience, and maybe they are really trying to you know, change the face of what this kind of movie can be. And I do respect them in that respect. I mean, it was directed by a woman like Helena Rain. And I have to mention the names of these people that were involved in this movie. The screenplay was by Sarah LePay. And um, these people put their hearts and souls into this movie. And they tried to create something totally different. And I think for not, maybe not our audience, maybe it was meant to be specifically for a younger audience. Now, a few years back in 2019, I was not only offended, I was hurt. And I had to like get therapy over the 2019 attempt at a Black Christmas remake. And <laughs> this movie, I feel like, does a way better job at what that movie attempted yeah. to do. This movie is not woke in any sense of the word, I don't think at all. I think it's just trying to represent the current state of the youth and what they do and how they react to each other in certain circumstances. And also it's a satire on those situations, but it doesn't necessarily go all the way there. My main issue was it didn't go all the way there. If you're going to do a satire, go all the way, pick fun at it all the way. And then of course, do the one thing that you're supposed to fucking do that I expect from you, which is amazing kills, great gore. Give yeah. me some suspense. I mean, None dude, the location yeah. they shot on was a real mansion. Look. It looked fucking great. Everything about the production design was perfect. I mean, all of the acting. I mean, I'm not even going to, you know, gripe on that at all because everything was really solid for the most part. But yeah. while the writing is sound... Not one single one of the characters was written well enough you or cared. likable you enough cared. for me to root for. It's yeah, like you, a Rob Zombie protagonist. Film. Don't get me started. <laughs> it's like a Rob Zombie film in the sense that oh, you shit. give me a movie. Wait, are we reviewing the yeah. monsters yet? Is this the monsters? Oh my god, we're, we already you, saw you the monsters. You give me a movie full of people that are unlikable that I don't relate to due to the dialogue and different things, and then you want me to care about them, and when. We're in the finale, and the stakes are higher than they've been the entire film. I don't fucking care. I don't care about these people. Yeah, we'll talk about his Halloween later. Um, <laughs> but back to Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Um, yeah, man, I, I totally get what you're saying. Um, yeah, just can't really latch on to any of the characters. And should we go ahead and talk about like the twist, if you will? The... Yeah, the big, head, man. The the Let big reveal out. is that Pete Davidson accidentally killed himself while filming a TikTok video. Like a fucking idiot! Like the idiot that he fucking is! 
It's so hilarious. That was the one moment where I literally jumped out of my seat and I was like, yes, you did something right with this movie because it was hilarious. What, dude, that was funny. And that's it was why it's funny. funny. Yeah. When, when you look at the poster and he's holding that fucking machete close to his face, you're like, oh, my God. People online are like, oh, my God, he's the killer. How, how, how dare Kim Kardashian allow her boyfriend to be the killer in a horror movie? And I'm like, nah, man, he ain't the killer. He accidentally killed it's himself. It's misdirection. There was a character in the beginning <laughs> of the movie that opens up a champagne bottle with a fucking katana sword. So cut to yeah. the fi- like the finale of the movie, and they find his phone because they, they thought it was one of their own phones. So then they see the video of him like trying to open another bottle with the fucking katana sword. Next thing you know, he puts it down and he's like, like swinging it around, like pretending to be a martial artist, and he accidentally chops himself in the fucking throat with a katana sword. Well, do we know what he's been doing? He's been drinking all night. He's on like obviously he's he's very rich, so the cocaine he's snorting is not like pussy man's cocaine. It's not like the guy in the corner in you know some low level street of Brooklyn's cocaine. It's like high level cocaine. So you know that shit's like straight to the brain. He's like, I'm gonna do a TikTok. I'm good, bro. No, I, he ain't. I have a question He's about dead. that TikTok, though. Maybe I'm remembering this wrong, but wasn't it like daylight and not raining when he was filming that TikTok? I think it was the lights, like from the back patio. It was nighttime, but I th- oh, I think the lights from okay. the back patio were very like those motion lights that are very bright. Gotcha. Um. I think that's what it was, which made it look like it maybe like wasn't nighttime, but it was just the super bright lights on the back okay. porch. Yeah, yeah, okay. But yeah, even even but still even though, yeah. even I liked his character. I thought he was funny. I thought there were many parts that were intentionally funny that I laughed. Justin and I were laughing. Like some of the writing was good in this movie. I like the finale of the movie. I like that the twist was literally that no one was the killer, but all it took was one bad situation to turn everybody against each other to the point where they were literally yeah. killing each other, thinking that this other person could be the killer. I like Which, that. I mean, it's a good twist. That's honestly very smart social commentary in terms of our current society and how our youth reacts to each other that's where they're at and that's why i stand semi-positive on this movie nowhere near as positive as i wanted to be but in reality this is a reflection on today's youth just like so many other movies that we loved from our childhood halloween nightmare on elm street those kids in the 90s you know Name the movie. I mean, there's always going to be that representation of the youth at that time. And I feel like Bodies, Bodies, Bodies does a very accurate representation of what the youth is today. And maybe part of our issues with the movie are the fact that we just don't like where our society is at this point, especially in the United States. I'm not going to lie. A part of my opinion on this movie is the fact that it reflects so hard on that and that I just don't care for it. But that doesn't mean that it's not a it, it, it's a successful movie in terms of entertainment for somebody. It's just not successful in terms of entertainment for Same. me. And I feel like maybe my daughter could go with her friends. They could go smoke their joint before they go in the fucking door and sit there and laugh at it and maybe have a good time with it. It's really just 
not scary at all, though. And that's the problem I have is that even if you watch April Fool's Day, which Jeremy said in the beginning of this episode, we did a retrospective on earlier this year. That movie still has moments of tension where you think things are happening and the horror is presented in a real world sense. Here, it's just a bunch of girls yelling at each other, looking at their yeah. phones. And But, dude, honestly, that's the world we're in right now. So, taking a few steps back, which is what we necessarily need to do to look at this movie from an outside perspective... That's where we're at, guys. I mean, that's just really where the world is right now. When I go to the gym, when I go to a show, when I go to a movie, it doesn't matter where I go. When I look around, all everyone is doing is looking at their phone. And all everyone is doing half the time is judging everybody else. Not in person, but on their phones. And this movie does a good job at representing the youth of today. And how fucking coarse it is and rough and I mean people are fucking mean so the movie does not succeed as a horror comedy I agree with Jeremy on that that was the one thing I saw you post a few weeks ago is a horror comedy right like that's a horror comedy I literally just watched that yesterday it's so good for the first time in a while so good god damn what a good good movie like, dude, Shaun of the yeah. Dead is a horror comedy. And it's it's done well because the horror is done well and the comedy is done well. It's a hard thing to pull off as a horror comedy. Uh, that movie does it really well. This movie, I don't even know if they even thought or were trying to make a horror comedy. Like I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what their vision was for it. But I can tell you well, that I A twenty four made you think that this was going to be an A24 horror comedy, and it was not. That's a valid perspective. I think maybe it's a horror comedy from the viewpoint of what maybe a younger audience member would think, but there's really no horror, though. That's the problem, and Phil, you said this earlier on in the episode. There is no suspense. Like, There's really no tension. I mean, there are scenes where they're in the dark and stuff, but like, there's no gotcha moment or anything like that. There's moments of hilarity and humor, but there. It, I mean, also, like, I'm just going to say it right now. Sure, I like to see people make out in movies, whether it's girl on guy, girl on girl, guy on guy. I really don't care. Like that's awesome to see in horror movies. This is a perfect opportunity like why not have like an awesome sex scene in this movie? Do you take <laughs> nothing from the 80s? I'm just saying, do you take nothing from the 80s? Like that's literally like what you're trying to homage in this movie. Like let's see someone legitimately trying to get laid in the movie. Are we really that woke? Are we really that sensitive? Like, dude, look at Instagram. Look at Tinder. Look at every fucking thing else. Everybody's trying to sell themselves as a sexy creature on this planet. Like, you're all shying away from it in the movies. You won't give us sex scenes in horror movies or tits or dick or anything. Canceled. But all like, canceled. 
the movie the movie is like the most unsexy thing that I've ever watched. And not that the movie needs to be, but I'm saying like, dude, y'all are in a fucking mansion with booze and drugs and you're all there. Tell me that you weren't there yeah. to have a fucking blast. And sex yeah. is always involved. Like, that's the one thing they're hiding. And I, I, I hate that so much in our current state of social politics, if you will, when it comes to filmmaking, because, dude, Sex is everything. Like, you are a Christian, and you are the most religious motherfucker in the world. When you come home, you're still fucking your wife, dude. You're still sticking your dick in her. She's still sucking your cock. <laughs> it doesn't matter what religion you are. So, like, no one gives a fuck. Just put sex in horror movies again. That's put why that on a fucking we... baseball hat. Put sex in horror movies again. <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm doing it for real. I'm just uh, saying, like... Bill, uh, no, for Ruben, no. you, you had a thought there, brother. No, 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 Let's no. hear it, dude. Oh, I've been waiting. Um, I want to pose a question for you guys. Would you have liked this movie more if, uh, let's say, like the lights go out and a person in a mask and a robe or whatever getup that you can imagine, if, if some sort of thing popped up and you saw somebody get slashed and killed in a brutal way and the lights go out and it's... Yes. Something happens yes. and then the lights come on and you're like, what the fuck happened? Who was that? Like, if you had taken this formula, this, because it is, it is a good setting. You have a mansion and a hurricane. Perfect setting. No power. Yeah. Like, they, all the ingredients are there, but they rely on just gossip. Um, and, uh, oh my God, we found so and so. Like, wouldn't it have made it better if there was a threat? that you could see like would that have changed your opinion on the movie at all uh yeah for me for sure i i i feel like at least i would have gotten a semblance of something that the studio <clears throat> kind of teased that i was going to get out of this movie mm-hmm. yeah um so yeah i feel like i that probably would have been enough for me to be like okay yeah this this is you know i don't need to have a studio tell me the movie that I'm going to get and then get that movie. Like if you're going to do a twist, do like a clever twist, but I just feel like it was misrepresentation in the trailer. So yes, to answer your question for sure. If, if all of a sudden the lights went out and they they came back on and it was a dude or a chick in a fucking robe and a mask and they slashed somebody, then, then yeah, I, I feel like it would have at least given me something that I was looking for out of it. Yeah. But instead would have up the stakes a bit. Uh, instead, it was yeah. just, yeah, it was I, like you guys said, it was not suspenseful. There was never a moment where I was on the edge of my seat concerned for any of these characters. I didn't care. Like, literally, I didn't care. Well, also, all of the characters are minus one, are rich, trust fund, goody goodies. Much like Max Shrek says in Batman Returns, I stole that line from Christopher Walken, just so you guys know. Thank you, Daniel <laughs> Waters, for writing that line of dialogue. Um, but no, for real, um, you know what? I, I'm that guy that literally lives and breathes like, put him in a costume, give him a cool weapon, put him in the darkness, shine some awesome lighting on him, and let me see him in silhouette before he kills someone with a, a great epic scene. Sure. I don't necessarily know that I need that here, but what I would have loved, and someone actually posed this question over on Twitter today, so it's crazy that we're talking about this tonight, um, August 8th, 2022, but 
why don't we have an iconic female slasher villain? We don't have one. Hmm. We literally do not have one. We have Scream Queens, and then we have horror icons, which are all male. Urban Legend. I mean, of course, hey, I love go. Urban Legend. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, we're getting Urban Legend director on the show in the next few weeks. Hell yeah. I'm um, cool. really excited to have him on. Um, but, I mean, in terms of icon, though, like icon where everyone knows it. Like it needs to be yeah, sure. so relevant that people are wearing it on shirts. Like Sleepaway Camp Sleepaway Camp them. is I mean, the closest thing we have to it. But not everybody I mean, is, not everybody yeah. knows. Like a normal, like a, we we call them normies. Well, there's, they, no, there's Mary Lou, there's yeah. Mary Lou the prom night too and yeah. stuff like that. But I mean like overall for the mainstream, sure. there is legitimately no major female horror icon and i would love to have that happen yeah and this movie had the opportunity to present that and give that to us i feel like that's why i love ready or not so much um you know samara weaving you know the the guys that from radio silence that did the new screen movie they presented someone that was vulnerable that was just trying to have a wedding that ended up killing like a whole fucking family based on survival and then walked out like a badass. We we could use that kind of presentation for yeah, a female for sure. horror icon and still make them likable. I mean, it just comes down to writing. Now, Jeremy, you know this, man. You've you've written plenty of scripts for horror movies. Um, you know the basics of it. It's you have to make them relatable and you have to present something that you know, still makes them a force of nature, but also where people can like sure. them. Why do you think we keep coming back to the Friday the 13th franchise or the Halloween franchise or any of the major franchises? We like those characters. Yes, they're brutal, slaughtering murderers, but there's something about them that we are connected to. We, It's like there's a magnet on them and a magnet on us, and we just instantly go to them. This movie had the opportunity, the potential to do so, so much more. And I feel like that's where I lie on Bodies, 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 is that it could have been so much more than it was. And being yeah. an A24 movie, um, I most definitely expected more from that brand. Had this been a Blumhouse movie, I would have expected I, I would have said I that, this that is tracked. What I, yeah, yeah, for sure. Th- th- this tracked perfectly for that. But, I mean, guys, A24 has been mostly hit almost never miss for me at least jeremy i'm pretty sure you can agree with me i don't know about you phil um mostly hit yeah sure i rewatched the witch about a couple weeks ago and i was like god damn what a perfect fucking movie i fucking love the witch robert eggers is i mean oh god i mean so good uh, and hereditary is like possibly top five of all time for me that's so good uh, yeah mostly hit absolutely brilliant so i mean like, it it frustrates me even more and more that these mm-hmm. movies that we want to champion that are all female you know backed like they were written by female i hate using that word okay so i should say <sighs> people are getting heat for using that term so women directed this movie they wrote the movie they did the story for this movie 
and it still did not add up to being anything all that much. Now, I feel like if you just get the right idea behind it, it'll it'll fall into place and and i know they were going with the right intentions of this movie but unfortunately it just did not land for i feel like any of us and maybe we're the minority but ladies and gentlemen if you want to see this movie if you haven't seen it yet you listen to this whole thing still go see the movie but if you've seen the movie i hope you enjoyed our review we have to go around the room right now we're going to do that little segment we like to call Trash It or Treasure It. And we're going to start with our guest, Phil, from the Spook House podcast. So I think I know where you're going with this, but Trash It or Treasure It? Oh, man. that's I'll, I'll, I'll start we, we by... We make s- it hard. There's, there's no one out of ten on this fucking thing. It's either yay or nay, and that's it. Me, personally, nay. I never want to watch it again, ever. I mean, there's there's no reason to watch it again. Uh, if I may depart with some some positive thoughts, like I didn't hate watching this movie at any point. It did keep me engaged. I was entertained. Okay, like in the last 15, 20 minutes, my attention started to dwindle a little bit, but um, I wasn't angry leaving the theaters like I have with some movies. But... Overall, to answer your question, trash it. Yeah, that's just... Ooh, there it is. There it is. Cling those fucking trash can covers together. But hey, if you know what? If some celebrate. people see it and they love it, then hey, kudos. Like, it's a fun movie. I could see putting this movie on when you got some buddies at the house and you're having some beers and you don't really want to watch a movie, but they want to watch or a movie. Or some really good fucking cocaine, though. There you go, man. Bourbon, really good <laughs> Just saying, man. That's what you see in the movie. Tell me that when you're watching this movie, you're like, I want what he has. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jeremy. man. Uh, we, yeah. We, that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> but, yeah. So one of the first things that I said to you, Justin, when we walked out of the theater is that when we sit down to do a review of this movie, I am going to tear it the fuck apart. Because that's how much I hated it. And I listen, I know how hard it is to make a movie. And it takes so many people to make a movie. And it is, it's an art form. And it sucks to not be able to appreciate someone's art. And to publicly say, hey, I don't like this fucking thing. It's not good. Because that's, that's my opinion. But my opinion is that this thing is, is not good. I never... I never want to see this fucking movie ever again in my entire life. Like, I could live a hundred more years, and I will never go, you know what I want to watch again? Bodies, bodies, bodies. Like, never in my life. So, dude, when you so when you come over, and I get my home theater set up, and I'm like, dude, we're watching bodies, 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 man. I just got the new 4K Ultra HD. You're not going to be excited You would see my it. body, body, body getting in my vehicle and driving the fuck back home. <laughs> um... I, I never, I never, never want to see this movie again. There's just nothing that would appeal for me to do that. I, uh, I hated it. Again, there were some parts that, that I laughed at that were very clever. I liked Pete Davidson. I liked the twist that he actually wasn't murdered, that he, he's a fucking idiot and he killed himself on accident. I like that. I just don't like the overall movie. 
I don't, like you said earlier, Justin, I don't relate to these characters at all, and they're not likable. So it's a huge motherfucking pile of trash for me. I absolutely trash it. Oh, absolutely damn, trash holy it. Holy fuck. So, yeah. This is the first time since James Bond's Malignant that I've heard you that fucking brutal, dude. Yeah. I'm actually Dude, put put both those movies in the in fucking trash can together and just gasoline no, and no, fire. Bought... Gasoline and fire. Thank you HBO Max for being a piece of shit streaming platform and you're removing all your movies cuz I just bought the the Malignant 4K Ultra HD. Just for Jeremy when he comes oh. over. So when he comes over, I'm like, dude, we're going to watch this one movie. You've never seen that. I'm going to put Malignant oh. in and be like, yeah, you've never heard of it. It's some Giallo movie you've never seen. It's not seen. a Giallo movie. Um, but no. <laughs> Jeremy, dude, I will, I will back Bodies. you up a thousand. I, I get the sense that you hate Malignant. And I hate I, it. Hate it. it it raises my blood pressure to think about that Thank movie. you. I fucking you. hate it. It raises <laughs> so my bad. blood pressure. It raises my blood pressure in my dick because it makes it so hard because I love it so much. I'm like, I'm going to fuck this movie in I'll its watch face. The Conjuring 2 but Ladies again. and gentlemen. <laughs> It'll be just fine. No. Oh, of course. Masterpiece. Masterpiece. But um, ladies and gentlemen, so it sounds like, and I'm just going to say it right now. Of course you've heard my thoughts. I'm not going to babble on for too much longer. I'm trashing this movie as well. That does not mean that there is not an audience member out there for this movie. I feel like this movie could have been uh, participation worthy in the sense that it could have been something for one generation and something for another. And that's really where this kind of movie needs to be, especially for A24. They're smart. They know what they're doing. I mean, we've talked about so many other movies that are smarter and they have social commentary in them. The night house comes to mind, which you myself and Jeremy both loved. Um, I mean, so many other movies, this movie just did not land properly, but I could see like, I mean, I mean, think about it logically. If this kind of movie had come out in the nineties or the eighties and a bunch of young girls, that were unwinding together. They just wanted to have a friend's night, maybe smoke a joint or something. They're going to have a few beers in the parking lot or something. They could go watch this movie, and it could be for them. And this is what this movie is. And it's just not for us. And I'm totally cool with that. I feel like horror needs to be inclusive at times, and other times it doesn't need to be. And that's what this movie is doing. But it's just you need to find something that, everybody can relate to if you're going to release it into theaters because everyone's going to see it. It's not like the 80s, man, where your dad's going to take you to see Friday the 13th 3D in 3D and your dad's going to be like, okay, I'll just close my eyes and drink my Miller Lite that's under my fucking jacket while you're watching all this cool horror shit, man. It's not the same time. It's a different world that we live in. And um, I just, you know, wish we could get a little bit more out of this movie more relatable characters. Trash it for me. That's it for this Fresh Fright review. Brain stew. Bodies, bodies, bodies. And again, I'd love to thank our great guest, Filth. Dude, seriously, give yourself a round of applause, motherfucker. You drank Tito's on this show. Dude, seriously, Tito's dude. and soda, you- man. Look, dude, I-, I told you earlier, I'm a fan of the show. I legit love what you guys are doing. 
And I've listened to enough episodes to know that you like Tito's and soda, so that's what I that's what I drank tonight. So Love it. Thank you for having me. Of course, dude, we, dude. we need to have you we're on more. We, we had such a good pre-show banter that I'd like, dude. Anytime, dude. That was the oh, best. Oh, I mean, like, let's just Halloween. You, you guys want to talk Halloween's about Halloween coming, right now? Dude. Let's do yeah. it. <laughs> no, believe me, we're we've got plenty of Halloween content on the way. We got Halloween ends coming up this October, so we. Ladies and gentlemen, you all know you enjoyed our Halloween countdowns last year, and that's what myself, Jeremy, and Phil were talking about pre-show. We're yeah. going to have plenty more Halloween yes. countdowns leading up to Halloween ends because we know that that movie will be the last movie in that trilogy, but there's going to be more Halloween stuff down the 100%. road, but we're going to capitalize on that and talk all about Halloween again leading up to that in September and October. And we've got plenty more surprises on the way. We honestly cannot wait for you guys to see. Jeremy's got some awesome guests in store. I have some awesome guests in store. There's some awesome shit that you guys aren't even fucking prepared for right now. It's going to be so amazing. We love you guys so, so much. Jeremy, if they're looking for us on social media and they just want to find out where they can find us, please, please enlighten them. Hey, Justin, uh, thanks for bringing me on the shows again, uh, talking about, uh, body parts, body parts, penis parts. Uh, it was, uh, fucking, it was a blast to be on, you know. You're not feeling, you're not, you're not feeling your penis body part, are you right Dude, now? Dude, I've actually, like, been squeezing my junk for, like, 20, I've had to piss for, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> And the reason I didn't just go is because I thought that, like, we, like, 20 minutes ago, I was like, oh, we're about to do Trash It or Treasure It. And then, like, we just, like, we kept talking about it. So then I've literally, I actually literally have been squeezing, squeezing my junk. I'm like, it's okay, buddy. We, we don't, we're going to go to the bathroom here in a little bit. And and, in your fucking amazing basement, which should be a museum, you should have, like, a hose that leads from your dick. All the way through the wall into the bathroom or something. That'd be like, like it goes through the predator's mouth and into the into the <laughs> wall and into the bathroom. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, we're we're on all the social media platforms at Epic Film Guys. We're on all of your favorite podcast listening apps. It's fantastic. You should go and tell your your neighbors and your your friends and Mennonites like Brady that. You know, they should get a computer so they could listen to us or a smartphone and listen to us. And that's that's true, uh, that's true. that's where you'll find us. And, and Phil, where once again, where where can our audience find you? Uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple, add the Instagram, the Spook House podcast. I'm starting to post stuff on the YouTube page. Just look up the Spook House podcast and yeah, everything's there. Amazing. Dude, thanks again for joining us. Like, seriously, like, you're one of us, man. You're one of us. Oh, dude, you're my pleasure. This is great. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. But until next time, I'm Justin. I am always Jeremy. And, and we're Phil. This week. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I didn't know and about I love it. I love it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Dude, see, he knows this shit. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, listen to this guy. He's a natural. Brady, you're gone, you're out, motherfucker. Brady. You're out. I love you. I love you. But as always, we like to ask you to keep it creepy. Brain. Still.